Here's your host, Alex Garrett. And a very good Friday to you guys here on Alex Garrett Podcasting. By the way, uh, yesterday was the two-year anniversary of Notre Dame Cathedral Spire going up in flames. You could check a blog I have about that, about the Disney version of Hunchback and Notre Dame uh, at alexgnyc.com. I have friends in the studio, so I want to get a shameless plug in there. But really, I'm so glad to have my next two guests because you know Zach Miller. He's been on air, what now, four or five times it feels like, Zach. So thanks for coming back from truck, New York Truck Stop. Oh, absolutely. I, th- I, think it's a, I think this is my fifth. I think this is my five-timers club. And we've got another special guest in the studio, Arthur Miller. You're uh, also part of New York Truck Stop. How are you, Arthur? Thanks for finally coming uh, up. I'm, I'm great. Thanks. Thanks. thanks for having me. And uh, uh, it's an honor to be with you. So you guys deal with trucking. You also deal with traffic stops and, and traffic violations. And that's why I have you on today, because I heard on New York One recently when they were talking to uh, NYPD Commissioner Shea, are you going to dismantle the traffic stop unit? Like, is, it, is this going to be something where police officers don't do traffic stops? Uh, I guess my first question is, how did we go from, uh, do you know why I pulled you over, to literally fatalities at a traffic stop like how did we get there and is it blown out of proportion is there really an, a big amount of fatalities that are reported or what are you guys seeing out there in the traffic stop world that causes people to say maybe cops shouldn't be doing this you know it's uh, it, it, it's an awful mix with um uh, the way policing is done and uh, and obviously uh, uh, you know media and then of course uh, using uh, um the traffic stop as a way to uh, uh, stop people and, and see what people are about. I mean, the, the real problems with, with, um, with, uh, you know, particularly gun violence are, are more, uh, you know, first of all, they're, they're uh, suicides is a huge number. And then you have in, in certain communities, uh, you know, especially with COVID, there's a, a lot of lawlessness, but obviously um, a, a, a police officer with a gun, um, uh, encountering an, an unarmed person, and uh, and especially if it's a a, a person of color, a black or Hispanic, um, that um, um, uh, gets news, you know, as it should, because it's it's entirely unequal. You know, why does it seem that uh, uh, people of color uh, are are singled out more often, and and then why are there sometimes uh, bad consequences? So you know, it's very dramatic. You know, obviously, but you know thankfully it's not more than it is and and i think police are trying to do better but it's um the 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 tension is there but there, um, but there there is a fear in these communities that any time a person of color gets pulled over for a traffic stop stop that it might end their life and that's a very real fear and trauma that the community has to deal with well, let's sure. let, let's take take a step back. It's it, the the U.S. Constitution uh, prohibits um, uh, unreasonable searches and seizures. Isn't that um, it's, um, it's, it's, uh, Amendment Four? I think it is right. Yeah. So point. I mean, it, it's it's you know basically against the law to to stop someone on the street and say, "Show me your papers." And um, when there's some kind of violation. Um, you know, then obviously it's a little easier and that, and that's been a huge problem. And, you know, they call it the stop and frisk and it was, mm-hmm. um, uh, 
really heavily used uh, in in New York and and especially in the in you know uh, other urban areas, you know, as an opportunity to stop people. In other words, if someone was uh, um, uh, seen uh, smoking or had uh, uh, whatever um, um, uh, pot, you know, now they're making that legal, or 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 even uh, on occasion uh, jaywalking. Um, then it was an excuse to stop them. Once, once you have a, a, a police and an individual and a non-police encounter, then the police have the opportunity to sort of see what they're about. You know, if they get ID, they can look for the records. Uh, um, you know, maybe they pat them down. Do you have drugs on you? Things like that. So that's sort of the essence of stop and frisk. And it was certainly intimidating in, in, in certainly in areas of, of high crime and, and violence and things like that. Having police have that kind of presence um, um, you know, certainly, um, it was a law enforcement tool. It doesn't mean that it was an ex- acceptable in a car. It's very easy because, um, when, uh, um, someone commits some sort of traffic violation, then same thing, they get to stop that car. We'll run your records. Uh, have you been drinking, sir? Uh, do I smell pot in the car? Uh, the, you know, that leads to other consequences. So, Unfortunately, and, and, and the numbers bear this out, um, people, the, the police will go in certain high-profile high areas and, and they'll, they'll stop to uh, look at, at, at people that they think may be of interest. Doesn't make it right. This is the way it's been uh, carried out. So traffic stops are uh, uh, being misused. Um, now, I know, you, know you, have the law pro- office. you have the law office of Arthur Miller, and I know this deals with traffic. So, Arthur, how do you help people and maybe it's a little different than the the traffic stop itself right that you deal with more of the violations than the actual stops or do you deal with both well it can it can actually be both the the issue of a stop usually comes up where it's um um if it leads to something else so uh um in, in other words uh, let's say someone was stopped and then uh, be, uh let, let's say they were stopped for speeding and then um, um, the officer then uh, concluded that maybe the person had uh, been drinking. So that then leads to a charge of uh, driving while intoxicated. So that becomes then a criminal charge. Uh, in New York and many other states, not all, most traffic violations have been uh, sort of decriminalized. So a, a, like a number of the protections that you would have um, uh, if you were in a criminal um, uh, proceeding um, are, are gone. And, and particularly in New York City, the traffic violations are handled uh, as an administrative proceeding where you have almost no protection uh, as you would uh, under criminal law or, or even uh, civil law. So, so it becomes relevant. Again, what, was it a proper stop? Uh, was it a proper mm-hmm. constitutional um, 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 seizure of the person um, that then leads to the other consequences. So if there was a crime and you can show that it was an improper stop, then you, you get the crime charge tossed. So, um, um, so in that instance, it becomes important. But most traffic, most traffic stops don't lead to that. They usually lead to um, uh, some kind of fine. And in some places, there's an opportunity to uh, conference the case and reduce them. Um, and uh, in others, uh, you still have to have a hearing. So these are these are tools, and sometimes you see them in, in more places. Certainly around the New York area, there are certain places. You know, police just sort of sit. They'll, they'll get the speeders, or they go on assignment to uh, uh, 
um, you know, make out a certain point, uh, you know, let's say a certain, uh, let's say in the morning on a certain day, uh, look for uh, people who don't yield the right of way to pedestrians and things like that. So they'll stop whoever they see. If there are other consequences, though, that then becomes a problem. Zach, I wanted to so, get to uh, you because our generation kind of is utilizing any way to disband the cops from anything as a reason that for a bigger picture to disband the cops. So do you feel like people are now utilizing this whole remove truck traffic stop uh, cops as a bigger a thing to a bigger thing to end all cops? Yeah, that's a really great question. Um, and I think that's definitely a big component about it in terms of, you know, the the defund the police movement and 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 I think you know you and I certainly had this conversation I I believe we even had it on one of your podcasts which is the the message should be to rethink policing that you know clearly as Arthur mentioned the way they go about these traffic stops is not really good policing and it must be done better and I think uh, retraining would be better off I I also think though that you know. The police are, for lack of a better term, low-hanging fruit, right? So it's easy to complain about, you know, the, the, these terrible tactics that the police use and, and a lot of the damage that it causes and justified to, to, to talk about it and complain about it. The problem is a lot of these issues um, go above the police. Yep. You, you're talking about traffic stops as a means for municipalities to collect revenue. It's, it's, it's essentially tax collection. And it's a, it's a really intrusive, um, regressive, inefficient way of doing tax collection. So I think if people were outraged about the tax collection uh, component of this, we'd actually see some really good changes instead of debating who is the one doing the stop, whether it be the police or a regulatory agency like DOT or cameras or, or even citizens. You know, I, I, I think that there's a bigger conversation to be had. And I personally am frustrated that we're not really having it. Well, let me ask. Right, uh, and, and, uh, and, oh, I'm sorry. Well, this is a toss up to both of you, and then you can add to it. I just think um, the fact that also one side says it's refusal to, you know, obey the cops or refuse to whatever to, to comply. That's an argument I hear from only one side. Do you think if both sides maybe did say, yeah, that you should also comply with the cops, that would help too, or do you think that's a damaging narrative? Either one of you can answer that. You know, it's a mixed bag. You know, people say, you know, in many instances, you know, even with, with let's say, surveillance and things like that, if you're not doing anything wrong, you, you shouldn't have to worry. But there have been so many bad consequences. People shouldn't look at police and say, you know, oh, my God, you know, what do they want now? Or, um, you know, am I in danger uh, because I'm, I'm I'm having an interaction? So I and, and I, uh, I I don't think that um, sort of making the police just sort of stop people uh, at, at random has been a good thing. I don't think it's it's good for the police. I, I, I have to think that their time could be better spent on other things. And, um, you know, a lot of it is policy. Like I mentioned, looking, looking, uh, you know, being assigned, looking for people who fail to yield to pedestrians, you know, that's um, it's not necessarily an effective uh, use of time. Uh, you know, thankfully, overall crime, um, you know, in many instances is, is, is not terrible. So, you know, we, we've gotten away from the, the notion of the, the beat cops and, and out on patrol and, and too many times they're assigned for, uh, you know, for something, uh, um, you know, specific task, you know, where, where they, they can just sort of surveil people and uh, um, stop people and see what they're about. And uh, I don't think that's good for anyone. 
Arthur, you're going to Yeah, add and I think also – oh, no, I have, go ahead, go ahead. Well, Arthur was going to add to a little bit of what you had said before that last question. I don't know if you still have that in your thought process, but you were in, a, you were in the middle of a thought when I asked that last question. <laughs> no backsies. Uh, I um, – yeah, I, I don't remember the, where, where we were. That's before. okay. But, Alex, I do think that, you know, we've seen enough instances of people um, not obeying the cops, um, getting off, you know, getting arrested without incident. We, we've seen police be able to de-escalate rather serious situations uh, without violence. And, and, you know, even this past week, we saw a, a really between a police officer and, um, and a military lieutenant. And it's just like, you know, if... If someone in the military who is trained in all the ways that the military is trained and who deals with, you know, the 24-7 stress that the military is de- deals with um, is still sort of, you know, has the adrenaline running and, and, and is mistreated by a cop, you know, it, it and, and, you know, has trouble, quote unquote, complying, um, it's very difficult to to have a regular citizen, you know, be able to handle that. It, it is just such a, a tense, stressful situation that we put people in. Um, it, 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 and, and yes, there, there's that part of it is just like, you know, you should comply and, and follow the orders. But on the other hand, it's such a volatile situation. Uh, we're really asking a lot of people in that instant. Arthur, you, you have a, a diverse client base. So what are they telling you? And then do they tell everything about the experience they had at a traffic stop to you or what is their interaction about it with you? You know, I mean, for the most part, um, the traffic stops are usually, um, um, you know, they go off without uh, incident, you know, and, and I certainly think there are people who are, uh, who are targeted, you know, especially you see uh, young uh, males of color, uh, particularly if it's uh, late at night or um, or um, uh, driving a nice car or something like that. Um, you know, they seem to be uh, un- unduly uh, stopped. But again, um, m- most times um, there there have been no problems. You know, and, and um, it, it's just really the unfortunate. A few, and I mean, and I really haven't been uh, involved in 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 situations where they uh, escalated, uh, because you, you you know most people I think feel uh, obviously they have to be uh, uh, calm and uh, respectful, and you know the police officer does have the gun, and you know, and, and on some level you got to put put yourself in the police officer's uh, perspective. They don't know who they're dealing with when they stop somebody what if that person uh, you know was a fugitive or you know carrying contraband and had a gun themselves so they have to maintain uh, um uh, control so there's, there's this huge power thing uh, uh going on and um like i said it's it, it's it's um very difficult to have to put police in the in these situations to begin with and um, it's it's sort of gotten out of control, but this is the situation we have now. So how, how do we sort of de-escalate that in general? That, that, well, that's, that's what really I want to bring you guys on. Do you think right ultimately ending cops at traffic stops is going to solve the issue? Because then you're going into this whole, well, if you only do cameras, then you're secretly monitoring citizens too. So you can't win there either. Yeah. I mean, and I've got a huge, uh, uh, you know, issue with that. So first of all, I, I've, 
uh, gotten involved uh, with uh, a lot more camera issued tickets, uh, whether it's uh, um, um, driving in the bus lane or uh, red lights and, uh, and, and, and speeding uh, camera tickets and things like that. And, and there are a lot more nuances because that goes against the car. So somebody else can, uh, uh, if, if um, um, the notion of um, what happens after you get a ticket, if somebody just gets a $50 or a hundred dollar ticket because the camera went off, you say, all right, no big deal. I'll pay it. Well, what if you don't get that notice? What mm-hmm. if you, what if you get, what if you get lots of notices? Um, what if somebody else, uh, what if you moved? So, uh, you, you know, your, your, your address changed and then somebody, uh, ultimately if, if the registration is suspended, because if people aren't paying the fines, then you're, um, um, the only way to punish them is to suspend the registration. So then maybe somebody's driving around with a suspended uh, registration. So are you going to have a non-police officer try to stop that car and, and find out what's going on, or are you going to have a police officer? So maybe we'll reduce the number of traffic stops, but um, the, the young man who was uh, just uh, killed in, um, in um, uh, uh, Minneapolis, Minneapolis, I think uh, that was because his registration was expired. So here in New York, we're putting in. So the argument of putting more cameras up to look for cars that have uh, expired registrations, uh, aren't we asking for the same kind of thing? It's still going to be an altercation. Yeah, and and I also, I mean, uh, first of all, I don't think DOT should be doing it. I don't think a regulatory agency should be in in that business. You know, that they, they should not be handling this from from all sides. Um, I, I I also I do have a lot of problems with the cameras. Um, but, but it's also, you know, in New York city specifically, it's very disingenuous because this city, the city council, they want to criminalize driving. I mean, they are, they are as anti-drivers as you can imagine. So you have a city council that essentially treats drivers as criminals and then has the audacity to turn around and say, but we can't have the police do it. It's like, you literally think these people are criminals. Like, like, like Alex, I think that goes back to your point earlier of, um, you know, you're just kind of throwing it on, um, on, on, on the, like the defund the police movement. Yeah. But it's, yeah. but it's, but, but your intention is something else entirely. You're not really, it's not really about better policing. You have other stuff going on here. Thank you for saying that. And that, that's an argument that, that I've, made many times is that you have to look at who really wins and who really gains people that push some of these arguments are the ones who stand to gain this huge money to be made mm-hmm. if you have automated uh, um, um, ticket generation like you do with the speed cameras I mean, the city's making millions and millions of dollars off of that obviously the companies that sell these cameras are making millions and millions of dollars mm-hmm. and um um I, I don't even believe that they're really producing safety, which is something that uh, um, uh, these uh, advocates keep saying. The fact that um, 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 accidents are most often related to speeding has gone down is not because of the cameras just by themselves. It's because they've reduced the speed limit. They've been telling people if you're caught speeding, you're going to get a ticket. So when it's a camera ticket, if 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 you really don't care you you're going to rack up a bunch of tickets mm-hmm. and then you, you know whatever so it's a, a a camera ticket is issued after the fact it's that in, that the notion of getting stopped by the police officer that's the one that has uh, uh, more impact so um if you're going to just issue more camera tickets and then ultimately look to hurt the driver you're still going to be getting police involved so how do drivers uh, adapt. This is my whole point. Adapt with Alex. How do we 
how do drivers adapt to all of this? The, the, I would say the fear of a traffic stop or the fear of even getting camera now. So how do people, how should drivers adapt and how should truckers adapt? I mean, you talk with them daily. So how are they adapting to all of this? Yeah. You know, it's, uh, you know, truckers generally, you know, for, uh, as a general matter, it's, it's a profession. Most of them try to uh, uh, follow the laws because, uh, you know, for one thing, the, the penalties can be more onerous for them if mm-hmm. they're driving a commercial vehicle. And for another thing, if they, you know, if they, if they get too many tickets or points, they, they can't work and they can't work. They're not, you know, earning money. So it's mm-hmm. not like they can uh, just switch to riding a bicycle. That's their job. So, uh, <laughs> um, you, you know, so they're far more cautious and uh, and in fact, the safety rating has has gotten a lot better. I think you know for 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 drivers and um, and commercial companies. But you know, I think one thing that's not really talked about enough is um, uh, sort of working the other side of the equation. And and uh, you know, that's one of my complaints about Vision Zero is that you know, sort of mathematically, you're never going to get to zero if you're only talking about what drivers have to do. Um, um, uh, you need to really make sure that uh, people are uh, better educated. I think education about um, why speed is, is not a good thing has helped as, uh, as opposed to the cameras. I think uh, if you educate people about why you have to follow traffic rules, um, uh, um, about staying out of blind spots and things, you know, certainly make sure cyclists and, and moped riders also have, um, have better rules, better safety training. Um, uh, and again, to me, tickets are um, are the sticks. You need you need more carrots. You know, one guy mm-hmm. uh, I, I remember reading a few years ago in England even said, and then they issue points for camera issued uh, speeding violations. Said, why not have a, um, uh, uh, have a sign up uh, and a camera saying, everyone who passes this way uh, uh, each week, if you go at the speed limit, you're enrolled in an opportunity to win. Uh, um, a certain cash uh, prize each week. So it's almost like an incentive. You know, everybody who follows the rules will be in a lottery and uh, you know, we'll pick a one winner each week. And uh, <laughs> you know, maybe that kind of positive reinforcement will be better than getting the ticket and threatening their license. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. And so I say, you know, so it's education, it's, uh, it's um, you know, making people feel that they're, uh, uh, you know, more invested in traffic safety instead of uh, being beat down. And, um, you, you just, just sort of, you know, maybe some more, uh, carrots rather than sticks. You know, it's funny. They talk about the driverless, uh, I don't know, like the automate self-driving car. I just think we're going to have a driverless city pretty soon if they keep all this up. And, and, and that's why I want you guys to come back because you can update us on what the council's doing and even ways to fight back, if you will. <laughs> I mean, personally, uh, I I think this uh, driverless car thing is uh, we're a long way to you know just to close that gap. You, you're going to have assists, of course, but you, you're not going to just completely uh, 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 change that culture. I mean, there there've been way too many accidents with um, uh, uh, you know the testing uh, uh, automated cars, and and the reality is, uh, uh, if you're behind the wheel of a car, you should have some control. The, the the story I like you know think of a uh, uh, um, um, I forget his name you know Captain Sullenberger for with the uh, with yeah. the uh, airplane Chesley that crashed in, in the Hudson you know he was able to override the computers and save the day uh, if he wasn't able to do that it would have crashed because the computers didn't know what to do in that situation so um, uh, computers are tools that that work for humans and, and it shouldn't be the other way around and I, and I think that's something we really have to uh, have to deal with. 
Yeah. Zach, what about you? How can drivers and how, how are people talking to you about adapting to what they're seeing in the city right now? You know, I definitely have to agree with Arthur about a lot of the, the training and education. I, I think that the driver training has really lapsed um, significantly uh, in the past couple of years, even decades. Uh, first of all, I think people should have refresher classes. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think I don't think you should just be able to get a license at 17 and literally mm-hmm. be able to drive the rest. of Like, it's like, come on, you, you need refresher. You need you need to keep testing yourself, you know, new, new regulations. Yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, you have new, new regulations come up, new technologies come up. You talk about adapting. You have to be able to adapt to that and you have to prove aptitude in it. Um, I also think uh, a big pet peeve of mine is uh, the apps, the, the reliance on the GPS. Um, and look, I'm guilty of it, too. But, you know, before you go to where you're going, look it up on a map. Mm-hmm. Just, just have a feel. Just have a feel. Have an idea of where you're going to go before you go out there, and you let the computer sort of dictate. And you don't pay attention to your surroundings the way you should. I, I think that's really a big thing. Um, that would be my advice to drivers. And my position on all this, just to tie it all in, is that I think that you also should somehow balance. Maybe keep the traffic stops, but just do training on both ends. Like maybe the cops need to have a little more retooling. But maybe the driver himself or herself also needs to be told, hey, don't be that afraid of this. You can just act normal. I, I don't know. I guess it's human instinct, but I would just say there's a way we can balance it both out for both parties at a traffic stop. I just think if you pull the cops from one thing, you're going to end up saying, well, now we can pull from everything. And I think that's the dangerous road to go down. Um, but Zach and no, Miller. Thank you both for joining me. Uh, New York Truck Stop will be airing tomorrow, by the way, uh, on AM 970 Answer at 2 p.m., and you can listen to them there. But uh, NewYorkTruckStop.com, is that is that right? Yep, NewYorkTruckStop.com. And that's their same Twitter handle. I'm Alex Garrett. Thank you guys for joining me, and remember, we are always adapting. Talk to you soon.